We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns, and the DeFi DoFi. Well, let's face it, DeFi is a big deal as Ethereum finds its sweet spot. And today we welcome Brian Kerr of Kava Labs to the show to discuss all the beautiful ways you can earn interest on your cryptos with decentralized finance. And who doesn't like interest? So unless you're uninterested in interest, you will be interested in how interesting our discussion with Brian will be on our super interesting episode number 518 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? This is already shaping up to be a very interesting show, Sir Lord Travis, right? It, it is. If you guys are not familiar with what DeFi is, if you're not familiar with what Kava is, you're going to want to listen to this episode because we really dive in to Kava and, and how they impact, um, you know, it's a, it's a platform for financial institutions to really, you know, utilize what's on their balance sheet. Like if they have a big fat balance sheet and they're just sitting there, they're not earning interest on that in the traditional banking world, but with the right DeFi platform, they can actually stake some of their crypto and earn some really nice interest on top of that. So imagine if like Tesla and they have that 1.5 billion Bitcoin or $5 billion worth of Bitcoin, then uh, how cool would it be if they actually were to stake some of that and earn interest on it? That's what they should be doing. And if they're not, they're not. So we're going to talk about Kava. They are an, an integrated suite of financial prod, uh, products and let you know, uh, for a few months, I was working with Kava to help them out on some marketing stuff and, and uh, connect with some other influencers because I believe in what they are doing. We were compensated for this particular interview. You know, we only work with the top tier projects. And if you have a project that you'd like to get out to our audience, let us know. You can always email us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. But we only work with a very few. I think it's less than maybe... 10% of the people that reach out to us that we that we find we only work with top-notch projects and this one in my mind is amazing and before we get to that if you're an artist illustrator designer or animator anytask.com is looking for artists like you to join their new nft category believe us the nft space is explodifying and this is a great way to use your skills as an artist because the anytask platform is looking to grow this category and meet the demands of all the buyers that want to create nfts go check them out today badcode.in forward slash anytask and now let's get to this very interesting interview with Brian Kerr. As entrepreneurs, we know full well that we often start down a certain road and end up somewhere completely different and discovering that the things we learned on that path helped prepare us for where we are right now. And I think that's probably the story of many of us, as well as our guest, Brian Kerr, who's the CEO and co-founder of Kava Labs. He got into crypto by way of esports, and now he is kind of a big deal. He's, uh, he's the chief cook and bottle washer at Kava, which claims to be the most trusted DeFi platform by financial institutions. So we're going to talk DeFi the entrepreneurial journey and other crypto blockchainy things. Brian, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you, man. I'm really excited to, to be here. I'm a huge fan of your guys' show. What uh, what what brought you into? Um, how did you get into crypto via esports? That's what I want to know. 
my good friend Alex was uh, a, he he built the largest Russian esports organization called Navi Nadistinsari, and he started a project called D Market along with this other guy Vlad uh, out of Kiev, and that was the first decentralized marketplace for video game items. It was an early Ethereum ICO. Uh, you know, shortly after it came Wax and, and some other platforms, but D Market was one of the first on the scenes in, in the space. And they said, "Hey, Brian, you're doing gaming stuff. You're in the U.S. You're based in Silicon Valley. Uh, we, we want kind of some help and advice for how we take this platform to market." And they asked me to be an advisor. Um, and I really watched them take that from PowerPoint to, to production in just a number of weeks. They raised twenty million dollars. It was just like mind-boggling to me. I built a company with real revenue and real products and worked my buns off uh, and, you know, to raise $20 million was no easy feat for me. Uh, and then they did it with a PowerPoint presentation in this weird crypto industry. So it just, I, that, that gave me the electric shock that told me I had to look at blockchain technology and, and see what's going on here because it was definitely nothing like I had ever seen before. Yeah. It's and, a whole new world, isn't it? It's a, it's it's a different it really beast. Is. It really is. And uh, I, just as soon as I started getting into it, as soon as I started seeing the power of decentralized technology, uh, how censorship can be removed, how middlemen and the taxes and fees they charge can be removed, and how putting power in the hands of the people was possible with this, uh, I just got so excited. I, I knew I was going to dedicate the next 10 years of my life to it. Uh, and I put everything I was working on aside and just dove straight into crypto. Yeah, it's like they're, they're making money over here in this crypto world. And uh algorithmically and uh, this seems like it might be a, a great space to be in and so you've co-founded kava with uh with scott stewart and uh you guys have been working on this bad boy for a while how did how did you guys meet and how did the idea of kava sort of come up and then maybe give the folks a, a rundown of what kava is uh, so we we met actually really funny at uh, a meetup event that was about SEC reviewing cryptocurrencies wow. way back in, in, I think it was 2017, mm. uh, early 2017. And he was working on uh, a blockchain platform that he, he was just starting in the ideation that was more about ads. He came from the ad tech space uh, and he wanted my advice and feedback on it. We started talking and riffing back and forth and quickly that evolved. Uh, it, it was sort of on a on a whim. He said, "Brian, I need your help. We're we're gonna go to Zurich and uh, review things of you know the Ethereum Foundation set up over there. Uh, I really want your input." And at that point, I was like, "Okay, maybe this guy's actually serious and he wants to work with me." Um, and kind of on that trip, we became really good friends, and uh, we we yeah the, the company formed shortly after, and then we set out to to do something and kind of the the finance space and well it was payments at that time, but finance overall was the biggest white space for blockchain technology to be applied. And it's the place that we knew we could have the biggest impact. So we set out to, to build products for that. What did you want to do that was different from what you saw? Because the DeFi space, you know, certainly getting crowded and lots of competition. Well, first we started off with payments at Kava Labs and that was horribly wrong. That was the wrong decision. We we even raised money from, from Ripple and a bunch of crypto VCs. Uh, there was no token in that product. It was just about building a non-custodial wallet. We connected up Lightning Network. We built DAI payment channels. Uh, we allowed people to swap between assets all within their wallet, kind of like Shapeshift, but without the need of a centralized counterparty there uh, before DEXs and anything else on the back end could, were, were taking off. Um, 
but what we realized was that payments and, and kind of that use case was growing a bit too slowly to support a fast growing company. And that's really what we wanted to, to set out and, and build. We wanted to build something fast growing, disruptive, transformative for, for the, uh, you know, the financial space and the kind of world overall. And what we saw just pragmatically was that there was a huge demand for financial services around crypto assets and exposure, not payments, but actually holding them in a portfolio, getting utility out of them. Uh, there was proof with MakerDAO uh, enabling people to use ETH as collateral and mint die uh, to get levered uh, Ethereum positions. Mm -hmm. so was that the aha moment when you saw, like, wait a second, look what this, this you know, because all these cryptos are trying to do payment stuff, right? And it's like, wait a second, MakerDAO is doing something interesting and and it really does, it really sort of opened the door for a whole, it's like an aha moment for a whole lot of people, I think. Well, yeah, but also back in 2017, it was, it wasn't just payments. It was like there was dentists on the blockchain. There was property. There was all sorts of things that people were trying. We, saw, we, we interviewed we interviewed these guys from a company called uh, uh, EcoTech or something. Eho Eho something. Yeah, it was it was Eho EhoTech. EhoTech, and it was basically Fitbit for horses on the blockchain. <laughs> I was like, why in the hell do you need this to be on the blockchain? He's like, well, because we're raising money. I was like, dude, go to Churchill Downs and find some rich Colonel Sanders looking mofo and ask them for some funding. You know, this isn't even on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was just crazy shit back then. It really was. And uh, But MakerDAO was the thing that kind of rose like a phoenix from the ashes of all the other things that weren't the right product market fit. And it showed that there was demand for that kind of product, for that type of financial service. And we actually got uh, a bunch of meetings with Ripple, who was our investor, saying, hey, we, we actually want to figure out how to use XRP as collateral. What can you guys do? We were more of a software and development shop at that time. And we said, okay, well, let's take a crack at it and see what we can build. And what we built was a Cosmos SDK chain that effectively operated as a XRP side chain that provided the same services that MakerDAO did for Ethereum. But once we designed that architecture, we realized actually we could make this into a generalized platform that could host a wide range of financial services and we could apply it to a bunch of different crypto assets. Uh, and shortly after we announced the, the vision of the Kava platform uh, and kind of we've been going gangbusters ever since. The, the market was ready for it at that time. We launched our first lending app with the first asset BNB uh, millions of dollars started flooding in and, and, you know, we we're the first cross chain, uh, DeFi platform in production, uh, that went out in the world and we we're trying to continue basically trailblazing the space. That's great. Yep. So what would you say that big vision is, right? Cause I'm, you, you look at the website as a fully integrated suite of financial products for crypto that allows users to lend, invest and earn with crypto, it's like basically allowing people to be their own bank and lenders and all, all kinds of services within that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The thing that I like to, to hearken onto is that what the power of cryptocurrency is, is that people can then custody their own assets. They can send payments anywhere in the world and they remove all the needs of a bank or a custody provider or some middleman to tax and censor what they're doing. Uh, but the trade-off that you do is if you remove things like banks out of the picture, you don't have that normal counterparty that provides you financial services like credit, like uh, money markets, like high interest accounts. And uh, so there's this huge need for, for Bitcoin holders, XRP holders, whatever asset you're holding, you don't have access to these services yet because they just haven't been built. 
So what we're doing at Kava is we're building a suite of financial services that we're packaging up in one API that can easily be integrated into any app where users hold crypto. And then in a few clicks, those users can then deploy their digital assets into high interest accounts and start putting their capital work. You mean I don't have to settle for the uh, 0.25% interest that my bank might be giving me? I mean, you can, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. Like why would anybody, uh, you know, want to put their money in a traditional bank account? This is the, uh, the official website right here for uh, those who are watching our YouTube channel. You can see it's at kava.io and uh, the, you can begin just by clicking explore Kava and it will take you right into the various financial services. You can, uh, what, you can get a, a credit card now? Is that, is this through you guys? Or is this you, a- you can use, uh, whether it's Swipe or, or the Binance credit cards, you can hold Kava assets and, and spend off of them. Uh, I think particularly interesting is our USDX stable coin, which you can you know, store in your, your hard money market product that, that we have available on, on the Kava app earn 20% APY on it, but then spend it just like you would US dollars anywhere. And I, I think it's currently supported about 30 million merchants worldwide. You know what I think is really cool, Brian, and I don't think a lot of people know is that if you go on Binance or if you go on Huobi, you guys are are connected with them and and somehow you you are their DeFi solution on their in-app, right? Like if it's if they're on the exchange and you say, all right, I want to do some DeFi on, I want to, you know, borrow my money or stake my money or whatever. Kava is the solution behind those platforms, correct? Yeah, so we have integrations with Binance, uh, Huobi, we have it with uh, BitMEX, well, Ascendex is their their new rebranded name. Uh, We have a number of partners around the world that have just extended what we built with financial plumbing and, and services for these new digital assets and, and the economy around them. Mm, and the financial just, plumbing for these digital assets. That's beautiful. People like that. I, I don't, I think plumbing is kind of a dirty word, but I think of Mario, I'm a gamer. So, you know, plumbing comes well, it, to mind. it makes sense. It's because it's like, that's the under, it's the underlying foundation for what's needed. And, and plumbing is like a perfect metaphor for that because, Oh, you can take this water from over here and move it over here and you can take that and, Right. It's all about routing people to the right opportunity and giving them what they want when they want it. Yeah. And it is financial plumbing in that regard. And I think what we're, what we're building is really the back end. And another way of phrase is, you know, there, there's Intel inside for computers where Intel is really powering Apple computers around the world. They're powering PCs. They're a core component of what it is. I think for the retail user experience, whether it's at a bank or a crypto app today, uh, our goal with Kava is to provide that financial plumbing and those services that those users need. But we aren't going to be the front-facing uh, interface for them. I think we will be for the technical users, which are fine cussing their own crypto. But that's only 10% of the people who hold crypto today. The other 90%, they're not comfortable cussing their own keys. They rely on Coinbase or Binance or whoever to, to do that. So we want to make the, the integrations nice, seamless, and easy and directly to users where they live and, and where they want it. And that's on the, the crypto trading apps today. But in the future, it's going to be PayPal, Fidelity, Square, and, and other apps that are enabling users to, to buy and sell crypto. DeFi <laughs> integrations with CFI, with centralized finance, right? And so say, for example, you know, if people are able to earn money on their cryptos, like what about a big company like Tesla or MicroStrategy? Like they just, you know, they just acquired a whole metric F-ton of, of Bitcoin, right? 
And from what I understand from, from, from chatting with you guys and, and working with some of you guys at the team over there is that people are able to, to actually take their Bitcoin and earn interest on their Bitcoin. And if you're a big company that you actually have some holdings and some pretty substantial amounts of crypto, then that could be a really wise thing for you to do to sort of to, to loan that out or, or to stake it, right? I would say if you're a big company, if you're a treasurer at a big company, it's your responsibility to put your capital work and maximize what returns you get while minimizing the risk. Right. And like Apple has like trillions of dollars or something sitting there in their coffers and they're not, what are they doing with it? Yeah, they they got billions of dollars and there's going to be, I think, much larger acquisitions of of assets going forward. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they would deploy all of it, but very sizable portions, they should be putting that to work as part of their treasury strategy. And, and I, I foresee that they will. Uh, I think that depending on their jurisdiction and the compliance requirements that they have, there'll be slightly different adoption curves per each entity. But we already see uh, very large centralized players integrating Kava on the back end and weaving us into their uh, treasury strategies. So I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing, you know, whether it be Tesla or MicroStrategy doing the same. So what's the the next big move then for Kava? Because you guys are really just getting started here. You know, the integration of financial services, it's a big financial world and there's a lot that can be included. Yeah, I mean, well, there's so much to do. Uh, We have a really aggressive roadmap, but we've built out a team. We've even acquired uh, a development studio called Crank Studio recently to scale up what we're doing. But where where we started was a single app. Did you call them Crank Studio? That, that's they call themselves that. Oh, that's no, that's uh, great. I mean, they're, they're now Kava Labs. They're gonna they're gonna <laughs> they they, they're gonna crank things up. I love it. Like we're yeah. cranking it out. That's good. Uh, so what we started off with was a single application blockchain that was our collateralized lending app. But we then launched the hard money market product, so that enables borrow borrowing and lending. Uh, we are currently in development of uh, AMM, an autonomous market-making protocol. So users with whatever asset they have on Kava, whether it's BTC, XRP, BNB, whatever, they can swap between them seamlessly. And users can deploy capital to make those markets and earn returns. And then following that, that'll probably be about a four-month development cycle for us to deploy. And then following that, we have a, a robo-advisor, which will th- then be like a set-it-and-forget-it, risk-adjusted uh, product where we'll have the, the lending app where you can earn a return in the money market, the AMM product, the robo-advisor will allow someone to just take you know, a bucket of BTC, pop it in there, choose what risk and parameters they, they want it to operate in. And based on market conditions, the robo-advisor will move that capital from one bucket to another huh. to make sure that they're earning the best returns over time. Wow. And then just to, to put the big picture on it all, we're wrapping it all into one API that the API calls are things like borrow, lend, uh, you know, etc. Though that makes it really easy for a big application like, or you know, whether it's Coinbase or Binance or, as I said, the, these larger enterprises going forward, they just need to do one integration and they get the full suite of all the different DeFi uh, services that their users are going to want. And that's very different to you know, say the Ethereum world where they would have to do a hundred different integrations to get the same thing. Um, so we're trying to make it really simple, both for developers and then the users that they can extend those services to. That's beautiful. So I want to ask about this because I know there's the, there's the Kava platform, right? And then there's the hard token, right? Which is sort of a hard money kind of a thing. And then there's which, which like a money market type of stuff. And there's some other tokens that are going to be built on top of this with the ecosystem. And then I, I believe a, 
a swap app potentially is on the roadmap as well. We're going to be doing some swaps. Maybe talk about those different tokens that are within the ecosystem and why they're important and what people maybe need to know about them. Because I don't know a lot of people know that Hard is connected to Kava. And then there's some other ones that are coming out that people might need to be aware of because seems to me these are some pretty sweet potential investment opportunities. So the, the model that we have is very unique. And I wouldn't say that you'll find something similar around the world yet. It's, it, you know, this new technology and how we build these systems is, is quite new as well. And, and the best way to think about the various tokens is we have the Kava platform, it's layer one, it's the infrastructure, it's oracles, it's cross-chain bridges, it's the validators making sure everything's safe and reliable. Mm. Uh, that's the, the base level governance token uh, of the platform. Um, then with hard and any other financial services like the AMM or KavaSwap is the, the name that, that'll have KavaSwap and then the robo-advisor going forward those will all have their own individual governance tokens, but those governance tokens only control the parameters of that financial service. And the, the reason why we do this is each governance token, it's rewarded to users in a fair way of each application and service. So we really put the power in the hands of the people that use each application, and then they have a say in the ongoing evolution and uh, direction that each of those goes. So for example, if you're a hard token holder, you can, uh, you can vote on what's going to be the next money market facilitated. Right now we have BTC or XRP, but maybe the world wants to have Dogecoin and be able to earn interest on Doge because that's not possible anymore. So that would be something that the hard governance group could vote in and then it could get adopted on the, on the application or the service layer. Uh, but it's all supported by the Kava platform and the infrastructure layer there. And how we're doing the rollout to make it fair and, and equitable to everyone involved is that with each new application and financial service that we deploy, we make sure that 20% of the total distribution of those new tokens, uh, so we did this for hard, we're gonna do this for the Kava swap and we'll do this for the robo-advisor, 20% is actually given to Kava stakers over time as a reward for supporting the infrastructure layer that all this is running on. That's nice of you. Well, it's all about fair and it, yeah. it's less about nice and it's much more about making sure that ownership is fully distributed because there's no value if these are centralized. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's it's loyalty, right? It's rewards. You're you're staking your tokens with us and you're going to get a piece of the action back here and that's why that's why we stake, right? We're helping support the system and in exchange we get we get goodies. We get yeah, nice not presents. Not only that, Joel, check this out. Like they, they were doing their your Kava uh, 5. You were launching your new launch pad. And, and you guys didn't upgrade because you, you have to have the community to vote on it. So you guys can't even upgrade some of your stuff without the community buy-in, right? How does that work? Because I thought that was completely fascinating. So Kava Labs is a development shop. We build the software. We put things up on GitHub. Uh, we market and you know start proposals on the blockchain but we actually run none of the validator nodes ourselves that actually operate the software. It's entities like Binance and Huobi and Deltek Bank. They're the financial institutions that run these validator nodes. And uh, anything that happens like a major network upgrade, uh, any type of parameter shift, it has to be ultimately voted on and adopted by the group of Kava uh, holders. And you know, we're a minority share. We, we have a big say as Kava Labs because we, we made the platform. But ultimately, it's up to the 100 businesses or the 100 validators that are in the voting group that, that can decide the, the fate of, of Kava and, and where it goes from here. Uh, we actually proposed to do an upgrade recently, and uh, it didn't meet quorum, and the vote failed. So even though we wanted it, it was up to the network 
to participate and, and push things through. Uh, we did, you know, do the vote again and talk to all the, the participants and the voters about it. And they, when they were more informed, then they said, okay, this is something we want to do. And they voted it through. But it really is, it's both a, a benefit of being a decentralized platform that you don't have something a regulator can point at and, and censor. Uh, but at the same time, you have to collaboratively work with people all around the world. And sometimes it's not the fastest. It was brilliant. I was like, wow, they, they, they're going to do this upgrade. Oh, no, they're not because they didn't get the votes. And I was like, wow, I'm like, you've never heard of a, like a, a, a centralized financial company have any, like, do anything, anything remotely like that. Like that's putting it in the hands of the users, which why, which is why I think that you guys are becoming very successful. Yeah. It's, it's a very, uh, I think, strange business model for people who come from the traditional world. But I think we're going to see more and more of it as blockchain technology becomes pervasive and the concepts of DAOs uh, become more adopted across applications uh, you know, all around the world. So what do you think is going to happen to traditional finance as we know it? You know, what I know that, you know, we've got banks that are looking at building their own chains and certainly they're taking notes on what's happening. But are we going to see a flippening or are they going to find a way to hold on to their power? Oh, yeah. Is it going to be a blockbuster style replacement mm -hmm. with Netflix or is it going to be something else? It's really hard to say. Uh, my best guess is that they will continue to be the custody providers and the ones that own relationships with users and make it nice and easy because they already have that as a moat today. Um, but DeFi, uh, like platforms like Kava Labs are just providing such higher yields. There's no way that they can really compete. And I think they have to use the financial plumbing that's being provided uh, because they're not going to have the same capital efficiencies that autonomous platforms do that can connect borrowers directly with lenders and give it all back to the users. Um, you know, on a bank today, you have 100,000 employees taking the roles of middle office and back office just for compliance and regulation reasons to uh, do things like lending. And I think what's beautiful about this new technology set is that we can basically make that all that programmatic and automatic and remove the need for all of those. And while that's kind of not good for the quantity of jobs, it is good for kind of a global efficiency uh, point of view. And I think ultimately who benefits from that is not the bankers you know, who own Goldman Sachs and, and Bank of America and, and all those entities, but who really wins at the end of the day are the users who are getting much higher APYs on the asset. You, you mentioned real briefly, you said robo-advisor. Uh, what, what, what does that mean for the Kava platform? It's the Travbot 3000. Welcome to the Travbot 3000. Uh, to do trades for you. So what the robo-advisor is, if in the real world today, uh, a good analogy would be something like Wealthfront, where a user can sign up for Wealthfront. All they have to say is what their risk profile is. Do they want to have risky investments or do they want to have more conservative investments? And then... Wealthfront takes the role and deploys, you know, that their capital into the, the right portfolio of assets and manages the risk on their behalf. Uh, with Kava and the robo-advisor that, that we're building, it's actually going to take capital and deploy it onto wherever it's going to earn the best returns over time. So a user can supply Bitcoin, they can supply XRP, they can supply BNB, they can supply Kava, and uh, it will deploy that capital wherever it's going to earn the best returns based on their parameters that they set or their strategy that they want to subscribe. Mm. And it's really just a set it and forget it kind yeah, of that's product. That's going to be so handy because even I, you know, we've been talking about DeFi and different stuff for a long time, but still it's like, 
it's it, sometimes you're going, okay, wait a second. I got to do what? And how does this work here? And like a robo advisor that just basically does it for you. That's going to be so helpful. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. So we're building out this suite that's all packaged up in API has a bunch of different ways for people to earn money. And it's going to be integrated in all these large uh, companies and, and their products, like what we've done with Binance and, and Huobi. And for the user experience, really, they just set their you know, risk tolerance or their parameters, hit deploy or, or hit subscribe. And then they just you know wait however long they want to keep their capital in there and they can start seeing their returns come in. It, it's a really nice product and it makes so much sense for the industry. But what it makes sense for on the back end from a capital markets and a, a capital efficiency standpoint is capital is going to be allocated to its most efficient place where there's the most demand for it on demand. So uh, what I really like about that is it's just a way to move capital efficiency into the hands of computers and make it programmatic. And it just makes the whole market more efficient. And, you know, at, again, at the end of the day, users are winning because of it. it is Wubby the correct pronunciation of that exchange? I don't think anyone knows. No, because <laughs> we always say who be or who be or Huobi. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Chinese. Because it's like Chinese. Uh, is it Chinese company, right? It is probably Huobi or something Huobi. like that. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I would say they're they're happy with whatever you call it as long as you're using their platform. <laughs> I call it Hubi because Ryan sounds like Booby. Hubi. Hubi. Like, like- <laughs> <laughs> yes, Travis favors exchanges that rhyme with genitalia. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> Classic, keeping it classic here over here back. There. Yeah, that's what we do. Excellent. Well, Brian, is there anything else uh, that you would like the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia know about uh, Kava? I mean, the main thing, my main message out to everybody, it's not even Kava specific. It's just if you have digital assets today and you're not putting them to work to earn a return, mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that it's hard to do DD and, and everything today. We try to vet every you know, line of code that gets deployed on Kava. We try to work with institutions to also do the vetting so users don't need to think about it. And you know, you can just rely on what integrations they, they do and, and what protocols they trust. But if you're holding Bitcoin today and you're not you know, putting it into some type of interest earning product, you're really doing yourself a, a disservice. So I would just recommend look at all the options out there and whether you use Kava directly or use a platform like Celsius or Binance that, that's going to you know, have Kava as some of the plumbing on the back end really doesn't matter but the, the main thing is you know put your capital to work and, and make it work for you main thing is take care of your financial plumbing damn it so you don't have to like you know don't have leaky plumbing don't That's have true. leaky you don't plumbing. have to call the digital roto router oh no man that nobody out. wants that <laughs> nobody when they bring that thing and it's like <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's not good awesome Watch your assets <laughs> uh the website once again to go check it out is kava k-a-v-a dot i-o brian kerr thanks again for joining us today and sharing all the uh the DeFi financial plumbing goodness thank you so much for having me uh and if anybody wants to follow me on twitter i do you know put out a little news here and there uh but brian h kerr at twitter is a place you can stay in touch but kava.io is a great place for uh finding more about our platform and there's tons of guys and tutorials that, that can get you started too. Awesome. You guys do great stuff over there. Continued success, my dude. All right. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Joel. Really enjoyed that. I think Kava is doing some great stuff and, you know, keep an eye on it because they not only have Kava, but then they have that ecosystem where they have their, their hard token, which is basically their money market stuff. And they have some other, they're, they're getting ready to launch a swap. 
uh, with just sort of like a Uniswap and some other interesting features that are coming down the pipeline. Keep an eye on what Kava is doing and earn some interest over there. I think that is well worth it. Great interview. Glad we had a chance to chat with Brian. Also, once you have your cryptos, you want to keep your cryptos safe, right? You don't want anybody stealing your cryptos. And so you need yourself a hardware wallet. We recommend getting yourself a Ledger wallet. You can go and pick one up at badco.in forward slash ledger. And if you use the code badcrypto20, you get 20% off of that Ledger Nano S. So go check it out. Go do it. And you got to protect your assets. And you want to make sure that all your assets are in the right place because you don't want to lose your assets anytime. And so go get yourself a Ledger. You can cover your ass ets. Mm-hmm. How many times do we use the word ass there? As ass ets. I need to assess how many times we did it right there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. If you haven't looked up what crunk is yet from the last episode, uh, please do and report back to us. Leave us a review using the word crunk, and we will read that on the show, especially if it's a five-star review. And we will see you guys on the next episode coming your way so soon that it's almost like it's on your podcast player now. Until then, stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Travis, guess what? What? We said words. We're done. We said words. There was words. We said them into our microphones and and the, the technology recorded them. There was words. Wow. wow. What, did you get, get hit on the head with a microphone? Some people are still listening right now to me saying that we said words. They don't know why. Wow. Okay. Well, I hope everything's okay. Did you get They're too much trying to find time? the stop button. They can't find it. They're compelled to keep listening to see what words we'll say next. Admit it, people. You want to stop the recording now, but you can't because yeah, Travis might know. say something about corn. Ha, 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 ha,